Paul, what are you doing in there? Just leave me alone for a minute. Uh, I mean this. Do not record a podcast on the toilet. It's a partition file server now. This is the LoadingRadioRun.com podcast for May 31st, 2010. We're back with the actual microphone properly recording this time. Sorry. Sorry about that. that was... now, now that James is back. Yeah. Well, it's annoying because you have to start up GarageBand and then plug it in. Like, if you have the microphone plugged in and then start GarageBand, and start GarageBand it won't pick up that mic automatically. I know. So you don't really think But if you open GarageBand and then plug it in, it goes, do you want to use this it, mic? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, yes, so, I do. And you're like, oh, okay. So silly. Anyway, so this week... Uh, once again, the wonder of only having three videos to talk about instead of six or nine, and then uh, then hopefully some ads clear. So uh, first of all, uh, the reversion, reversion, remake, revision, uh, redo of uh, Insulation Anxiety, which I noticed that the escapist actually put up as Insulation Anxiety 2010. That was the file name that wasn't actually supposed to be there. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. It works. Yeah, it, works. Yeah. it works. Yeah. So we did this as a uh, as a um, uh, as something for Wootstock because we wanted to do something really funny and geeky for Wootstock, and we really like that video. We kind of kind of went through our, our library when we were looking at you know like what could work for Wootstock, mm-hmm. and this one seemed like something that would really resonate with that audience. Yeah, uh, w- w- which it did. It, it yes. went went over very very well both nights in uh, Seattle and Portland, and uh, you know, but we wanted to uh, we wanted to make it all uh, you know uh, fl- flashy with the new camera and stuff to to. You know, because we've gotten, I think we've improved our production values and stuff. We wanted to, we wanted it to be representative of what people would see if they went to Loading Ready Run now. Yeah, because the ma- our, our newest material. Yeah, because the majority of people there didn't necessarily know who we were uh, going into it, and so yeah, so we did that, and we, and we figured, um, especially once it uh, once it snuck out on the forums, you know, once 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 word got out that uh, you know we as we figured people would want to see it. So, and if we were going to put it on a DVD, then uh, you know it would be. Uh, like two years, two three years before people get a chance to see it, and if we put it up as a bonus video, then uh, you know people from the Escapist who certainly had never seen it before probably wouldn't get a chance to. So we figured uh, we figured we put it up there, and uh, there was certainly some 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 feedback in all directions, and we uh, we appreciate the feedback, and we'll be we will be using that feedback uh, in in future. But that that's not what we're here to talk about today. Um, we're, talking, we're going to talk about shooting it, which was. Uh, a long night. It was yeah. a very, it was a very, very long Sur- night. Surprisingly long, considering I, we'd done it before, right? I, well, I think that well, it was so long ago. Yeah. A lot of it, we were, we were sort of getting just still learning to use that camera as mm-hmm. well, and that yeah. was that was the night where we really sort of ended up figuring out what worked and what didn't work. Yeah. Um, but just the setup sort of between shots ended up being a long, long time because we would have to, you know, get into the right position and then find some way to, like, prop... I, I shot most of this and, like, prop yeah. my arms so that if the camera wasn't wiggling constantly. Um, but then also switch out lenses and, and do all sorts... We tried a lot of different stuff with this video, and I think mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it worked really well. There was some great depth of field stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I liked that I was able to uh, just as a brief aside. Now that I now that I can do motion tracking, I liked that I was able to actually have camera movement on the shot of the M wave prompt. That's mm-hmm. just something that I quite I quite enjoyed. But uh, I think one of the trickiest shots was the uh, pardon me was the 
really, really long shot of Morgan and I sitting there while Paul frantically installs mm. Linux on the Wii, just because it's just because it's such a long shot and there's so much to get. And I, I remember right. from from when we originally shot it, it was a pain in the ass. Yeah, that was by far the longest. Well, uh, that one and the, and the final shot were the longest when we shot it the first time. And you know, uh, have to obviously, you know, there's a, quite a lot of lines in there that you have to remember. Yeah, it's the thing. I actually I found I. I found, and again, I remember it from when we shot the original one, is that sort of excited Paul uh, sort of half-shouting that I was doing, like, for the entire time. Like, uh, really takes it out of you. Yeah, well, it's it just hard on my voice. Like, for the next the next day, I was all, my voice was all scratchy and stuff, just because it's, uh, it's really, and, and especially when you have these long lines, so it's not like I had to say it once. I had to say it, like, 20 or 30 times. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's interesting as well, when, when, like, obviously we went back and watched the original video a bunch of times before we went and, and attempted to redo it yeah um one of the things that i noticed uh when rewatching the original was the uh, usb cables are not always where they should be or sometimes yeah. they they like get they just get pulled out of things as if there was nothing there yeah yeah we, um, we tried to be a lot more precise about that we tweaked that the uh and like um, i and when i like sit down in front of the tv uh at the beginning i, I insert it and then pull it out yeah yeah so hopefully that's more noticeable a line we tweaked in that scene uh, which was originally um we're trying to platinum laser pong just because we play just come out and we were legitimately playing an ass ton of laser pong at that point but it's been years since we play came out and and so we figured you know we could we could make a joke out of that line and it it's interesting that in a video about linux the most obscure joke in the video is actually <laughs> referring to uh, to uh, trying to beat Endless Ocean. The joke being that it, there's no, it, it's not a game. It's there's no, you can't beat Endless Ocean. It's a game where you swim around and touch fish. I, I also like that when you know that, that you guys are playing Endless Ocean from the start. Like yeah. uh, if you go back and watch it again, it's like touch that one. Yeah, try <laughs> touching that one. And Morgan's like, all right, jab, jab, jab. <laughs> I didn't really actually notice that. Yeah. yeah. And I also like Morgan hitting himself with the Wiimote trying to make it work. But, uh, yeah, I like the, the – uh, it, it was a lot uh, brighter mm. uh, location. It's just uh, better – we had uh, we actually had our, our, our cool lights now. Um, and just uh, Graham's new place is much better mm-hmm. than his old place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, as I like that we were able to have the, uh, the printer in shot for mm. the knock-knock rather than implied printer off of shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I liked. Uh, yeah, Tally was pointing out to me that there's a lot less – the background is a lot less busy yeah. just because there's not, like, just stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus so, there's the, the whole depth of field thing. So yeah. it, you know, the background well, – And all, that long the, room. Yeah. And yeah. The, but the background goes all kind of blurry, so you don't pay attention to it. It's the hope yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and the yeah, I, I I and I think you get a better like I, I like the way the uh, like the bathroom that we went into was upstairs, and so there's a little bit more movement there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, so the, uh, the the one of the sort of trickiest shots I think was also the like it was the one where we were getting the reverse shot of Paul on the microwave, mm. and I was I was crammed back next to the microwave in this no really space uncomfortable position. If you watch, if you watch, um, yeah, like bent way over backwards. Yeah. yeah. If you watch the man cooking for meat shroom, you can definitely you can see the layout of the kitchen there. I think, and yeah, because it, it'll be over on the on on your left if you're watching the video that there's the microwave in this tiny little sort of cubby between it and some cupboards that Jerry was 
rammed into. But then after we got it, Graham figured out that he couldn't use the shot because it was backwards. Because well, because all the other stuff that we'd shot was the other side of the stage line. Like all the other footage right, of Paul right. and myself and Morgan was shot from the other side of us. Yeah. The the stage line being if you if you have two people having a conversation, draw a line between them, and the camera should always stay on one side of that line for the length of the conversation, or else the edits look weird. Yeah. Otherwise, people flip sides when you talk to them. It, it, or no, people don't flip sides. It's weird. Yeah. But draw a line between you mean like that connects them. Yeah, yeah, it connects when between they're their heads. each other. Yeah. Not that it cuts them apart from each other. No, no. That's a good point, yes. Uh, yes, draw a line from one to the other, not in between them, yes. Uh, and um, But then when I was editing, I was like, wait a minute, and I... It's a lame trick, and I, it often bugs me when people do it. But if no one notices, you can get away with it. I, the, the, the initial shot of Paul programming in the microwave, which I really wanted to use, is actually flipped. But you don't see enough of the kitchen in the video to really notice it. Mm. So, it, uh, yeah, it actually works. And thankfully, uh, you, can, you can't really see my shirt very much because I, I cut it off before I become really visible in shot because I'm wearing the science shirt, which is... Right. Which is so, if that shot keeps going, the text would have been backwards. But because it cuts right where it does, it works out just fine. So, and we, we changed the pierogies line from boiling them to frying them. Because really, the, what you're supposed to do, the Polish deli down the road tells us, is boil them and then fry them. Yes. And we So we were debating whether to change the line, to, to keep it as boiling, or to change it to boil them, then fry them, which is kind of a mouthful and, and makes the line not as funny, or... Just fry it's them. We ended like, up just changing when, it. When you it make, was... like, when I make pierogies at home, I like from frozen, you just fry them. Usually. Yeah, really. I, I boil mi- and then fry. Well, I usually micro- microwave them to thaw them. When I fry. when I was working in an after school care, we would we would take uh, like two bags of pierogies and put them on baking sheets with some some oil underneath them, and then just toss them in the oven, mm. and they work fine. The actually. other uh, the other big innovation uh, in this one is uh, the the end scene. With, oh yeah, uh, me plugging the keyboard into Graham. Uh, which was really because before it was just uh, before I was just trying to catch it in my belly. Button. Yeah, Graham was just sort of sucking in his belly button, and that looked kind of lame. So uh, we had the at the advice of of someone who commented on the original original video. You know yeah. what what you guys should have done is this. We got some some of the green uh, florist foam used for making flower arrangements. Yeah, and cut out a small bit of that, and actually taped two needles, like two sewing needles to the USB stick, which you cannot see. Yeah. Made sure that they were <laughs> that they were shorter than the amount of foam. And then I tucked it, tucked and, the foam behind my belt and buckle. And Paul was really careful. I was so scared <laughs> that he was going to just stab yeah. them. He was going to miss the foam and stab them into you. That would have sucked. You know, you have to have faith. That, hey, I, I didn't really, like, I stabbed, like, exactly the same spot. Like, we because we, we pulled out the foam afterwards and yeah. all the stabs were within, like, half an inch of each other. Yeah, so. after taking after take after take they were all clustered in the same little area so Paul really really hit his mark there thank thank goodness <laughs> and uh, oh actually when we uh, when we showed this at Woodstock uh, I had missed a scene I had well, a, a shot it's after I say Paul could you not touch my other stuff at the beginning and then Paul says oh uh, too late I already put it on your iPhone it can do scorched earth now and then leaves that shot I just had forgotten to do which worked he's like hey can you not touch my other stuff and then he's immediately... In the kitchen. Yeah, he's immediately working on the microwave. It didn't seem weird that there was anything missing. 
so it, it worked. It didn't affect the video, which is why I didn't notice that anything was missing because it worked. But uh, for this, I was like, I will put this back in because yeah. I think I, uh, scorched I think earth. Like, oh, more jokes. A scorched earth reference is always good. Whenever Graham misses misses a cut, which has which happened, happened like four. four or five times. Yeah, it's always, it's always like someone will come up to him and say, like, "So you decided not to use that that bit? A eh? just decided it flowed better without it." And it's always, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, it's usually like, oh shit. I guess it does, because it only like it's happened once or twice for uh, long, uh, like long uh, interviews in episodes of ENN, or a couple times in videos where like yeah, it only I only notice something's missing if the video works fine without it. Yeah. In which in which case, is, then theoretically, from an editing perspective, it didn't need to be there. When we when but we it's see fun. it though, we always assume that Graham did it for a reason, or the <laughs> nope. escapist cut it, or you know, <laughs> like oh damn, those escapist guys always cutting our scorched well, earth last jokes. Last time, it, last time it was for uh, for the. Uh, one with Morgan, the uh, sledgehammer one. I was like, oh, they probably just cut it out because it was too offensive or something. Nope. No. Nope. Just forgot to. Is that was, was the bit where he like fires a grenade out of his abdomen or something? Yeah. 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 No, it's back in there now. Uh, so, and then for Unskippable, you guys were doing second uh, half of Deadly Premonition. Yes. yes. More deadly, more premonition, all deadly, all the time. Yes. Which deadly I premonition. Which I maintain is a bad game. Yes. There is there is there is some debate that uh that it is intentional. Uh I I don't believe that is the case. Jerry, you've played a little bit. Yeah, I, I want to play more of it. I I I mean, I've seen I've seen bits from later in the game and yeah, they are weird and strange, but honestly, this seems like something that a Japanese person would 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 make as a, you know, kind of a strange game. I I'm going to I'm going to Put forward the idea that it is it is both. I think that there are bits of it that are intentionally funny and weird and surreal, but that it is also badly executed in a number of ways. Yeah, like, and it's easy, it's difficult to draw the line between what's intentional and what's not. Regardless, like you you can't claim that that you know uh, that the gra- that it's like the graphics don't look like a late generation PS2 game. Like because they do, so you can't say you know. I would oh, say mid generation yeah. PS2 games. So you can't say oh that you know they intentionally made poopy graphics. You know it's it, it's like well no it's just it, it you know the graphics are not good, um, but you know it, saying that stuff like the uh, the shot of the car that is clipping through the environment or using monkey noises for the squirrels is a uh, witty and intentional uh, you know. Um, uh, Choice for the purpose of humor, that absolutely does not come across. I, yeah, I mean, I think I think the the real trick is that if that was indeed like like there's campy silly I'm, stuff in the game, regard like okay. no like, question. I'm willing I'm willing to concede that it's possible that that was that that the intention of the game was to make a incredibly dry, uh, you know, parody or commentary on that type of game. Yeah, if that was the desired effect they failed like yes. they they took it too far and they failed so it's actually not not a funny game yeah. or a good game in any way it is it is hilarious but you you you, you can't i would say saying it's not a good game in any way is maybe too strong yeah. i yeah. i i want i want to play this game yeah, i it, it it looks like it is so bizarre that it, it's it's the reason people watch movies like the room which was also despite the director's claims now was absolutely not done intentionally well and and 
You it's can't from you, Bug you, Island is another is another example. Like, you it was can't. You in can't Japan, do stuff intentionally like that. In Japan, it had like a serious name. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it had a serious name and was released as a serious horror game. Yeah, and it Which did. Movie? Escape from Bug Island is a Wii game. Ah, yeah. And it was released in Japan as a serious business horror game. Mm-hmm. But it was really bad. So when they brought it out over here, they rebranded it as Escape from Bug Island and made it made intentionally like a campy. Yeah. I think but a lot of that has to do with localization as well. Like, who's to say that, that Frank, that, or Fra- Fra- Francis Morgan, Francis York Morgan, in Japan, was discussing Tom and Jerry on the phone. Like it, it's entirely possible he wasn't. Or oh, he, he was. Or he was I would assume anime, that he was know? probably like in all those instances where he is discussing like movies from the eighties, which he does at great length. Yeah. Um, they, that he's probably talking about of like Japanese movies yeah. or other similar things. And it might not have seemed as camp originally. Like I think a lot of a lot of the strangeness has to do to, has to do with the localization as well. Yeah. But so, uh, and there's, there, and the first episode we did, there was nothing to indicate that it is it is anything other than just yeah. the B movie, like the the equivalent of a B movie. Just, just so you guys know, in terms of you know uh, keeping the uh, you know giving the game its due thing, the the only bit like that's exactly what you see when you first boot up the game. Except we did cut out a slight a little bit in that opening uh, of the second. Uh, episode where he's uh, there's like the the room that's covered in rose petals or whatever with the two creepy kids in the middle. Yeah, there's about five yeah. five or six seconds at the beginning of that. And then and then what happens in the game is you wander <coughs> you wander around that around the the two twin the twins and you get a trading uh, card of yourself. You get a trading card of yourself and there's just weird there's a bunch of like there's like a clock and a bunch of weird items that you interact with and then after like uh, two or three minutes or the, you interact with the TV I think yeah and then two or three minutes the kids go okay let's start now and then that so that's the only thing we cut out so there isn't like a big like revealing story bit that we cut out. Yeah. So it's, that's that's the beginning of I, the game. As I, like, if I had time to play more video games right now, I would be playing that game. Oh, it looks it looks hilarious. Like, yeah. the, I, like the clip it's, I saw of, from later on where he's talking to, like, the landlady mm-hmm. of wherever he's staying and she offers him breakfast. Yeah. And, and then it cuts to, like, the massive comical boardroom table. Yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's, I, I, Apparently also, like, his facial... Like, 24 hours in game time is 24 hours in real time. Mm-hmm. You, make, you make it go faster by smoking. Really? Yeah, and his his beard will keep growing if you choose if you don't shave every morning. That's hilarious. So he because I've seen screenshots of him with like a really big beard. Huh? Yeah, I, I've heard um, I've heard it actually described as the room, the video game, like the, as the room equivalent. The, the, <laughs> thing, the thing though is that the room uh, is still relatively obscure and people don't know about it. And yeah. this is obscure, but it's actually as as I understand it, it's sold pretty good numbers. Well, it's super cheap. Like a couple hundred thousand. Bucks. Yeah, like it's 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 like it's it's super cheap and all the review sites online are giving it like really really positive reviews because it's absolutely hilarious. And I can imagine like if you were a professional game reviewer, you would probably find it even more hilarious. Didn't, didn't, Destructoid, I think, gave it a ten out of ten. Yeah, someone gave it a perfect ten. <laughs> Which wow. is which they are they are trolling you is what Destructoid is doing. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I don't know, but like, but GamePro has also written articles on like how this became a cult phenomenon, and yeah. like I don't know. I guess if, so. Thanks for tipping us off on that, Jer. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so ENN, ENN, uh, we did a, another what? episode using our fantastic new. Uh, more conversational format, yeah, yeah. Which, which is the one we the, we've already recorded next week's episode, and I think we've improved it even more. But I think that this this step was th- this episode was a was an improvement over uh, over the last one. Yeah, a little more even in the uh, in the delivery. Yeah, there was still there was still a little too much of the 
I am seriously delivering a story and now making commentary about it, which I, we improve further. But uh, yeah, a lot more people said, you know, like, oh, now that I know what you're doing, I could see that, and and it was good. And there've been a lot of more positive comments about it. So, and this is the localization as well. Yeah, and that's that's something I've I've wanted to do for for a while. Uh, Kathleen actually wrote this story, but it's uh, it's an idea that. I that came to me while I was listening to there's uh, re- the Retronauts podcast and they uh, they were interviewing some of the people from Atlas who you know famously bring over uh, they had just brought out uh, Persona Four at that point and they you know are are really uh, famous for being a, a fantastic quick agile and very effective localization team mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so they were sort of talking about what goes into that and I was like we need a, an episode of ENN that has a person like this who localizes stuff but entirely changes it and Kathleen took that idea and ran with it indeed yes I uh I was. I think I was just sort of hanging around the office after coming back from work, and I. Uh, the original draft of this story was way grosser. I don't know where the idea came in, but I said, "Well, I think I could do something with localization because I play a lot of like very, really heavily localized games." And then I just like sort of ran in toward Jerry was sitting. I was like, "Well, I, I, I sort of equ- I sort of equated it to you as well because I, I was like this story Atlas Games Kathleen Atlas Games. Yeah. It sort of." It's, it works. It seemed to work. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So I think I ran into where Jared was sitting, and and I just and I just said, "There's rape in children's games. So much rape." And then I ran back and wrote it. And Jared was like, "What the hell's going on?" And I'm what? cackling like a mad woman. Well, you read me the entire script, I think, afterwards, and I was like, mm, "We should have a discussion about this." Yeah, the original version of the script was um, replace every. Uh, no, 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 no. Let's not go into that. No, but the original version of the no. script was disgusting. Uh, but uh, so it was uh, at the very wise advice of Graham and Paul and Jer, sort of all sitting around and going, eh, "It was uh, uh, brought back to the sort of approachable level of revoltingness that it is now." Yes, it's really good. And Missy did a, another just fantastic uh, performance. It's it's interesting too because I don't I haven't seen a lot of people go, "Oh, hey, it's the Sonic Girl." There were a couple of them, but. Uh, um, you know, she does. Uh, she does a good job of playing different different characters very differently. Mm-hmm. Yes. Acting, I believe it's called. Yes, and if if only we were able to do yeah. such yeah, similar some, feats. Something we could we should. Uh, we should see, try sometime. See if we can somehow steal her abilities. Ooh, that's a good like idea. Like, hmm, I like it. So, so we need to. You have defeated acting man. Yeah. Missy did a really good job, and I really, really enjoyed doing sort of this whole episode of ENN because it's so much fun to sort of just be like really crazy and perfect. I think and stuff. I think this episode, uh, even while it is one of the most disturbing photoshops I've ever done, contains probably the best photoshop <laughs> oh. I've ever done. <laughs> Tentacruel and Will Buffett. Yeah, just uh-huh. uh, just on on the grounds of the the spray from the ocean. Yeah, I was super happy. That was with. Re- it, yeah, that looked really really. It's impressive. very suggestive. And it's, it's and it's nice what you can get away with with that that mosaic. You don't actually have to draw the you know, <laughs> yeah exactly the actual interface point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shall we say? That's a great way of describing it. Uh. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, that's that's all the videos we've been doing. Uh, James, do you have the asking of Lure? I have the asking of Lure oh, right right here, actually. Oh, and it's apparently right there as well. well let's use the, the iPad for it. It's on the internet. It's, it's better. It's can. better if you use an iPad for it. I've heard that. Yes. All right. Uh, this uh, used to be Matt's favorite part of the podcast, but but now that it's on an iPad, is it at the top? I don't think we're at the top. No, we aren't at the top. Um, 
how do you name your video game characters? No, we didn't enter that. Uh, like the ones at the very top looked familiar. Yeah, it was the strangest place you've been to a forum post from. We did that. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think, the last one we did because I don't remember the next one. Okay. So, Genghis Ares asks, has a game ever auto-saved on you at a point where you were about to be killed? Yes. 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 Uh, that's actually a, a strategy I use now uh, that, that I just got into the habit of after playing um, Max Payne, the original Max Payne. Oh, yeah. Uh, is I always have three save files in a game and I go one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Because um, the original Max Payne, because, uh, you know, it had the it had quick save and it also had the you know the slow motion jumping away from stuff right yeah. and so i would get you get into these situations where you're like in a in a gunfight and you're like quick saving in the middle of the gunfight because you're like oh shit jump out of the way oh shit jump out of the way and you get, if you're not paying attention you get to the point where you load and you die like you load and there's a bullet just about to hit you and try every single possible jump out of the way does not work so I had to go back and <laughs> go back to like the auto save which was the way of being alone so. yeah the, the worst I ever had actually like I, I remember an instance where it was literally I there was an auto save and then I died two seconds later and it was like set up such that that was what was going to happen and it took like two hours of playing this five second section to get out of it I don't remember what the game was it might have been Half-Life 2 but I don't remember it's I mean um, that's I think that there's a, that's actually one of the ar- great arguments for the whole like checkpoint yeah. quick save or quick checkpoint system as opposed to like if you come from playing um, computer games like I do yeah uh Quick save, like quick saves, become like second nature. Like you just do 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 f five, do 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 f five, do 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 f five. Just you know, yeah. I, I never uh, like that because it feels like cheating. Well, yeah, I mean, some, it just depends on what you're doing. Just whenever it's basically like I used to. Sometimes you do it just like um, you know, like reloading a, a weapon or something. Just whenever you're like in a in an elevator or just in like you know somewhere where you're not immediately in a fight. Um, but the nice thing about the checkpoint system is theoretically, if you're doing it not in a stupid way. Uh, then you have the checkpoints in places that are relatively safe. Well, the way that Halo does it, for example, is you uh, when you're out of when you're not threatened and out of a fight for 30 seconds, it checkpoints. Mm. That's so, a good way of doing it. Um, it's just so, odd, so it's not a, even a particular place. It's yeah. just, oh, the, cool. the worst I've ever I've ever had it though was uh, in the Dragon Age Awakening expansion, where there's an area where you walk out onto like a balcony and there are enemies like below you on the ground, but you can't interact with them, right? You can't you can't fight with them. They it's sort of different areas, but separated by height. Um, but you walk out onto this balcony, um, it auto-saves, and then uh, because of a glitch, it starts a fight with one of the people on the ground that's too far away to interact with. Uh, and because you're in combat, you can't go out through a door. So you're now and auto-saved. You're, stuck the you're auto-saved in combat on this balcony, and you can't leave. Um, that which really sucks. Yeah. So do you have to just start again? I, I actually, in that, in that case... I banged my head against it for a while, like, just tried to find exploits and ways to cast spells so that I could hit the guys on the ground, and finally figured out that if I walked to the very edge of the balcony, I could glitch it so that my character was sort of half on the balcony and half on the bezel around the edge of the balcony, and uh, that... Create uh, that allowed me to actually interact with the people on the ground, like just because I was like a millimeter so you, lower. You fought a glitch with another glitch. Basically. Yeah, basically, and uh, and and finally got out of it. But that was nice. terrible. I had it's. This wasn't a uh, an example of um, you know checkpointing right before death, but the most recent really irritating checkpoint issue I've had was actually playing Splinter Cell Conviction, which or which apart from this I loved, but there was one part that just gave me a real just a really really hard time, which is a level where. Um, you're going. You're you're trying to break into third echelon, 
uh, which is where Sam used to work. And you walk up to the desk and you say hi to the oh, secretary. I, that that part sucks. Yeah, you walk up to the desk, you say hi to the secretary, and then you uh, you shut off security, and then you have to break in. So there's a guy be- you like there's a guy behind the security desk with like an automatic weapon or a shotgun or something who just starts unloading at you. So the first time I did it, I just immediately died. Yeah, and. You can, if you try and run past him, he'll kill you. If you try and take him on, and you're not exact, you know, then it'll take too long, and you'll you'll miss you'll miss sneaking through the doors. If you do take him out, there's two other guys, and you have to get through. I discovered two doors yeah. before they lock down, and the only the only reason this was a problem is because the checkpoint was at the beginning of that area before where, the cutscene. Yeah, so it's it's you have to walk because it won't let you run. Because apparently it would be suspicious. You have to walk across this massive lobby. Oh, no. And have this cutscene where you talk to the secretary. And then and and, and then the gameplay starts. Yeah, so I, I walked across that lobby, I don't know how many times. How did you actually end up being that, just out of curiosity? Um, I... Uh, from where from where he begins when you can start gameplay, I immediately took cover behind the secretary's desk... And shot the guy in the security room, oh. and then uh, um, ran. Then just barreled down the hallway as far as I could until the guys came in and just tried to shoot them as fast as I could. I, it, it was really tough. My system was uh, uh, flash ba- flash grenades, mm. and just chucking flash grenades everywhere and running down the hall, <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> just ch- continually chucking flash grenades in front of me. I had nice. like three or four at that point. Nice. <laughs> And just ignoring everybody, uh, but yeah, I remember. I remember that it's that's like, like cardinal rule as well as quick uh, saving you just before you die, saving you just before a, a cut. Like I mean, it's it's a common thing with like uh, saving just before like there's a boss fight and you have to do like the whole intro for the boss mm, before yeah. you can fight him each time. Uh, Master Gunner asks about eleven months ago. Will there be more things on my head or my girlfriend games in the future? So yes and no, I suppose, yes, are the answers. were more things in my head. I'm planning on doing some more. My apartment is kind of messed up right now. There's, there's nasty like, stuff. I mean, I guess there's nothing stopping us from doing more My Girlfriend games, but, like... For what benefit? Do you... Yeah. Well, it's not even for what benefit. It's, it's just, just so much negative reaction. I mean, which was what we were hoping for, yeah. but the responses are just so angry. Well, and with that one in particular, it's supposed to seem like a spur of the moment thing. And when you're putting them out every week or whatever, it yeah, just yeah. really isn't, or obviously isn't. So yeah. it's. I'm highly amused by things on my head. Uh, and so I'm hoping to continue doing it, but uh, I just haven't got a chance to shoot anymore. Um, Meglin. I believe it's Meglin. Meglin. Pardon me for mispronouncing your name, I'm sure. Asks, how do you name your video game characters? As in, do you use the pre-made names? Do you use funny, inappropriate names? Names from people from real life? Uh, this, has become, this has become less of a problem as as uh, JRPGs uh, have become less uh, allowing. allowing... you to name your character? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I... Generally, like, if there's pre-made names, I'll go with the pre-made names. Just because I, in the context of it being sort of a story... Yeah, uh, it seems to make sense. Like yes. in, the, in the sort of role playing aspect of it, um, if people don't have, if there are no names, like if, if there's just like name your character, uh, I have like one or two. Often I'll use Bob. I, I usually uh, so I, I just have like random names that I would use. But I, if really? if they don't give me a name, I usually do Jer, unless I'm obviously making a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm obviously making a character, it's 
gonna be female, so Jer wouldn't really Jerina. be. I, well, I, I have used like Jera and like other other variations <laughs> on Jer. Was uh, weird, Jer. That is weird. <laughs> uh, it's like me naming characters Matina. Which Ew. I would never do. Ew, I'm just imagining you in like pigtails and like a pig skirt now. Yeah, Latina. Um, but uh, yeah, I, a lot of the time it's pulled from old D&D characters as well. Mm. Um, the I mean, only games that I play that let that basically are like prompting you for a name nowadays are like Atlas games, like all the Persona games and all those games. Yeah, that, that one, when I like Persona 1, uh, it's black haired boy. And so I was like, okay, fine. Uh, Jer, Petter. And then it's like, what's your nickname? I'm like, okay. Delete, 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 delete. Jeremy Petter, yeah. nickname Jer. Yeah, um, like that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I because I have sort of two naming systems for uh, for the Persona Atlas games. There's one is if you are obviously going to be related to somebody, and I will always give them because they're super Japanese. I always give them Japanese names. So I believe. Uh, when I was playing through po- Persona 4, I was something like Naoto Dojima because I knew I was supposed to be Dojima's nephew. So There's I'd... a character called Naoto in the game, er... isn't there? Oh, yeah, there is. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, but Because, uh... yeah, you're supposed to be his nephew. Yeah. But, like, did you know that before you... Yeah, it says that you're going to live with your uncle. Re- re- oh, I see. Re- re- yeah, whatever Dojima his name is. It's been months since I played the game. But, yeah, so I was something like that. And then, so... But if but the next Atlas game I played, it was basically not related to anybody. So I just made up a Japanese first name, and then the last name was uh, Hanamura. Because if they don't give you a prompt for why you would be related to somebody, I pick my favorite character from the last Atlas game I played and make that their name. Nice. It's I I uh, for, from sort of a practical standpoint, I tend to like to keep especially RPG the names all the same because um, if you anytime you're reading anything about that, like, if somebody, yeah. if someone was like, "Oh man, I hated Squall," uh, and you're like, "Who the hell was Squall?" My name guy like, was, "Oh right, I named my, him Brian." Yeah, my name guy was Dorkface. Yeah, I yes. never, I never changed the uh, the Square Enix games. But if I have like completely, problem- well, they don't even give you the option anymore. Now well, it's no, Lightning, they- and that's what her name is. Yeah. Oh really? They don't even be like, "No." Oh hi, my name is. Yeah. No. no. It's a plot point. Yeah, if there's a if it's like a character creation thing, I'll I'll probably I'll go with like Graham or G. Like it rarely comes up. I it never doesn't, go with myself. It doesn't I really matter. Male well, that's, that's the thing. Like if I'm if I'm going with like a character creation game, you know, like Oblivion, then then the, then the name doesn't matter. Like the name will never come up. They will call you Noble or Sir or that guy. Like, yes. It will never ever happen. The, uh, if it's a game where the where they where it does, they will usually give you a default name, and I'll just go with that. Oh, see, because Mass Effect system, which it is, feels weird. I, I just used your last name. Yeah, which is brilliant. Well, it's a it's a runoff from the uh, the uh, Deus Ex system. Which yeah, was, Deus Ex was you could have whatever name you want, but your code name yeah. is JD. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> my uh, my go to names are either like Vincent or Tristan the, because I like them. Actually, speaking of, of that, my absolute uh, what I was looking at stuff for what is that uh, Alpha Protocol? Yeah, right. And uh, it's like, you are playing an agent. You can have whatever name you want, but your code name is Michael Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. So basically, we're going to put this name here, but we're not going to put it. That's awesome. All right. Uh, one day, one day, when we have voice synthesis. Who are you guys? Uh, I just have a couple of basic names that I typically. What are you, What are your basic names? Matina uh, is one of them. Apparently. <laughs> no. Yeah. What What are your Vincent and Tristan? The go to names that you always use if you have to if you have to make up a name. Uh, it 
Well, it depends. My WoW names are virtually always, uh, for a female character, Panette. Um, and uh, male characters don't come along very often, so I usually make something up. Why are we all, fall. like, cross-gender playing? I'm, That's weird. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I, I made a D&D character. Some of us uh, are. I don't, I, for RPGs, I never custom name. It's always basically the name that they give you. I don't know why. Uh, for WoW, it's either uh, Jordash. <laughs> no, Jordash. Uh, Illusion. Or... Um, I don't know. Normalcy. Normalcy, yeah. But, I mean, like, normalcy is not the name. That, that's not really the name of the character. That's just your, your user your name, right? Your account name. No, that's, no, that's, that's his character name. name. Character. No, but, but, like, you use that just as your username other places. Not right? really. It's more like, it's mainly a character name. Like, oh, okay. only, it, it, You've I used it on Xbox Live, but... Yes, I use it on Xbox Live. That's the only other place I think I've ever used it. Okay. Uh, but normally it's been a character. It started as a World of Warcraft character. Oh, okay. I, I thought I, that was... I'll have you know, Kathleen, I actually made a D&D character yesterday who was male. I'm what? so Good proud of you. I know. That's a big Baby day. steps. Baby yeah. steps, yeah. Right. My naming is basically the same as everyone else. Right. Lying in Bedmont asks, A mad scientist kidnaps you and experiments upon your person, causing you to lose one sense. Which sense would you most and least like to lose? I could do without smell. A sense of outrage. The rest of them... Yeah, smells... The rest, of, the rest of them I really need. Smell screws up your sense of taste, is, though, right? Yeah, I mean, the smell and taste are so close that they're related. That yeah, in fact, I would probably rather lose taste them. versus I, yeah, losing I, smell because the smell is actually more important to well, your enjoyment all, of something. Okay. You've only is, got six-based taste. Smell is, smell is more associated with memories and stuff. Too. Exactly. Yes. I would take. I would lose taste over smell. I'd rather have taste. Simply because smell is not just useful for eating, it's good for alerting you to, gee, there's a gas leak here and all sorts of other things, right? Mm. It's would, more of a survival. It's either smell or taste for me. I would least like to lose sight. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think most people would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's probably... That's, touch would be kind of I mean, smell... smell be, I'd rather lose touch before I yeah. lose sight. A, smell, smell and taste are the, are the loser uh, senses, losing, right? Losing like your touch, you die. Right? Yeah, because it's like you have leprosy, right? Yeah, you, people, you, lots you, of people live for a long time with leprosy, though. Like, it's, it's possible to live without a sense of touch. It sucks, but yeah. it's possible. It's just you don't realize when you've been hurt or infected or, right, you know, right. like, yeah. nasty stuff like that, and... You just have to be very careful. But it's it's yeah, smell and uh, smell and taste are the loser senses. Everyone is like, oh yeah, no problem. Oh yeah. You know. Also, losing touch, uh, no more sex. No, not necessarily. <laughs> well, it's just yeah. Not very I love that. Actually, my my favorite quote from uh, again, a lot of people live without sex. Uh, a lot of my favorite quote from uh, Stephen Stephen Hawking. There's a great interview with him, uh, and someone you know because obviously Stephen Hawking, extremely paralyzed. <laughs> Uh, and he, so, 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 but he has three kids, and, yeah. so, and he's like, uh, so, uh, how with the three kids? Uh, he's like, and just the, the response is, uh, my disease only affects voluntary muscle functions. Nice. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, uh, Stephen Hawking's awesome. Uh, Play Satan asks, who would you consider your top comedy music artist? Uh, artists. Well, I mean, Weird Al's classic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lately, I've been a big fan of Flight of the Concords. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was going to say Flight uh, of the Concords yeah. too. I find them far funnier than Weird Al. Uh, big fan of Paul and Storm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul and Storm and Jonathan Colton. Jonathan Colton is less Colton, comedy and more just yeah. Only geekiness. only half of his stuff is like funny. The other half is like that's so depressing. Right. I mean, Weird Al is sort of I don't know. We're we're like it's, it's hard to like 
Weird Al, I have such such well, amazing respect for the man. And, and I have like Weird Al, like when I was a kid, Weird Al was there, and like especially like recently, Weird Al has had like a bit of a resurgence. Like I've, I've listened to him on various like podcasts and things, and he's like really awesome. He just mm-hmm. you know is a super big comedy nerd and. That's so. the the sort of the follow up is is what what sort of comedy music genres do you consider your favorites? For example, Weird Al makes parodies of popular songs. Flight of the Concords usually do. He says here uh, short stories with cringeworthy circumstances. Well, For lack of a better phrasing, what what makes your favorite comedy artist appealing apart from the, the I, apart from the comedy? I, I would say like Flight of the Concords versus Weird Al is like Weird Al is par- parodies specific songs. Yeah. Flight of Concords parodies genres. Yeah. Although Weird Al does a lot of genre parody, like about. Like on a given album, only half of his songs will be direct parodies. The That's other half true. will be like genre or artist parodies. And Jonathan Colton writes stories about powerful people who are sad. Yeah, yes. sad scientists. Mm. Yes. Paul's going to write children's like, music for grown-ups. I would yes. like Flight of the Concord's performance. And don't forget the Arrogant Worms. Like their writing. Oh yeah, they're great. Their, their performances are awesome. So yeah, it's true. I mean, in Arrogant Worms, they're just funny. They just do random funny songs. I mean, uh, Lauren Elliott, I'm a big fan of too. Actually. Uh, oh yeah. He just does goofy songs, but. Of the arrogant worms are like, okay, we're running out of styles that we haven't done. Uh, like, okay, let's do a Greek, like a <laughs> like a, a Greek uh, dance. Except it's always like, Flood the Concord or um, arrogant worms always do. Uh, they're like, you know, we're gonna do like a hard rock song or whatever, but it'll always be like a hard rock song, but still kind of folky because yeah, there's still a lot of acoustic guitars and stuff. <laughs> uh, Master Gunner asks, what are your favorite Canadian bands and musicians? Oh, arrogant worms. Yeah, arrogant worms. I could go on. Yeah, you could go on. We were just we were just at Caribou last night. Yeah, that was an yeah. awesome I will, show. I will not. I will I not will get into top my five. What about well? What about naming some of the ones that people like? Let's uh, name I was a big fan. Ones. Ones. Well, yeah, yeah, the weaker than amazing. Uh, Arcade Fire. Uh, Arcade Fire. Obviously, Fire, very obviously they're gone now. But Wolf Parade, Stars, Owen Pallet, Final Fantasy. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the hip. Like, I'm not going to... The Tragically Hip. Tragically yeah. Hip are great bands. Um, they're classic Canadian. And, you know... Uh, uh, naked Ladies, I'm also Well, and, you know, like, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Bachman Turner Overdrive. BTO. Nickelback, of course. Yeah. 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 I don't know if BTO... Is, is BTO entirely Canadian? Uh, maybe. Yes. I think it's just that Randy Bachman is Canadian. No. No, they're all no. Canadian. I know the guest the guess mm-hmm. who is entirely Canadian, and I prefer them to BTO. Okay, well, that's fair. Um, Joel Plaskett. We were joking about Nickelback, by the way. Yeah. Of course, like Nickelback. Uh, I I was a big fan of like Moxie Fruvis and stuff back in yeah. the day. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Uh, still, and I'm a big fan of Gian Gomeshi. I still now. listen to Gian Gomeshi on my, Q. My, but he doesn't sing. My no. former coworker. His his intros are very very very, very, poetic, very popular all over the place now. She Who? was like on the Hannah Georges, my former like hmm. coworker at the out of school care. Um, she's like really big. Like to the, he was on the front page of iTunes and whatnot. Really? So nice. she's in town tonight. Is, I is, am a big fan. Is Feist of, Canadian? Yeah, she's Canadian. Broken social scene. Yeah, oh yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, strapping and lad. Mm-hmm. If you like metal music, uh, new pornographers. The new. Ooh, I'm not not a huge new pornos fan. I'm not. I'm not Probably like crazy into them, but they're good. Porn. Immaculate Machine for yeah. uh, for local bands. Uh, uh, Vancouver islands. bands, Black islands, Mountain. islands are really uh, good. Yes, uh, Mother Mother also. Yeah. I'm yeah, I, Mother okay. I actually, like Mother Mother a lot. I actually they put on a, a good uh, show. I, I haven't heard what they've done recently, but I have a soft spot in my heart for Swollen Members. Just because yeah. I find them highly amusing. Oh, they're, they're, they they only put out one album, but it's perfect. Uh, former members of Islands, Unicorns. The yes. Unicorns album is amazing. Oh, Unicorns. Oh, so right. good. Uh, wait, could, wait, right. I'm not done yet. I'm not we done could yet. Go, we could go. You could go all day. Yeah, what time okay, are we well, let me just name some bands. You have. We Lady named Hawk. a bunch of bands. Lady Hawk is good. Lady, Lady Hawk is okay. What, what time does the thing say? It says 4305. Okay. 4306. 4308. 
Okay. Um, well, actually, let's let's Bison BC do two because this will be a caribou. An, you an, an said caribou already. Okay. Techno Thief says at this point in time, which I'm guessing will be December. Wrong. Yeah. Uh, do you consider loadingreadyrunners.com to be a success? No. And I, well, well <laughs> yes, except that now with the thing with the escapist, it's not as needed because if you're a fan of loading ready run, you know, if, if you're like a real fan of loading ready run, there's there's loading ready run. You don't you, yeah. you don't need another place. We've got to all go. kinds of fan dedicated bonus content. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got extra site. All got kind of folded together. So, yeah, including yeah. operations of which so. there was uh, one put up uh, yesterday. I think Tim wasn't it? Yeah, we already had a couple. Of Say and sell. Uh, speak and sell. Speak and sell. Where I put together a commercial, and people have to create their own voiceovers for it. Speak yeah. and sell. Thank you, Jerry. So, uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, it was successful while uh, it, was, it was there, yeah. and now it's continuing to it's exist not, in It's spirit. sort of redundant, yeah. So, uh, the runners are still alive, though. Uh, okay, so last question for this week. Van Helsing 23 asks, I once invented a word. Amph- amphibidextrous, describing someone with webbed hands. Uh, have any of you ever invented a word that is suitably hilarious for podcast consumption? I do a lot of portmanteaus, but they just sort of come up day to day. Yeah, yeah I don't know if those are really counted as invented words either. No, well, Morgan used to use a called aggravexed when uh, aggravexed. we were aggravexed when we were uh, in elementary school and high school. Remember talking about that? Uh, that's a good one. Port- portmanteaus are more like the they're like uh, you know the particles on the periodic table that are like way up there where they they like exist for that moment yeah. as a word and then they disappear. <laughs> yeah, they have a very very short half life. Uh, I can't think of one offhand. I'm sure I have, but I really can't think one. Matt, invented any good words lately? No, sir. Is eatable of dicks a word? Eatable of dicks. <laughs> You have to say it very quickly. Yeah, it's all one word. E a d a b o w l a d i c s. It's a transitive. It's a transitive verb. It has to be applied to a specific person. And on that bombshell.